Hello, and welcome to the Moncast, where we compare Pokemon and Digimon. I'm Stevie, and today I'm joined by Quinn. Hi, everybody. The current score is 2018 to Digimon, and this time we're discussing the 39th episodes, Forest Grumps, and Draymon Power. We recommend watching the episodes before you listen any further, but you do you. And of course, a massive thank you to our fantastic patrons for supporting the show. If you join them, you'll get early access to the uncut versions of the show, a week ahead of the edited versions. Let's go straight into Forest Grumps. So this episode is a scathing indictment of capitalism, and I'm really into it. I want to know where you got that from. Hey, here's all these rich kids who get to wander around and, and be completely unconcerned about money at all times, despite the fact that they don't have a job. Versus here are these people who work really hard and eat ramen and are jealous of the existence of a sandwich. Team Rocket needs to unionize. Crime doesn't pay is the whole thing. I mean, it, it clearly should, though. And I don't know if you've looked at the world or, like, the existence of Giovanni. Clearly, crime does pay for some people. But not for Team Rocket, because they're bad at the jobs. They're not that bad. Been doing this for literal hundreds of episodes without success. Alright. It's kind of amazing that they've not been cut off from the company yet. Still, Team Rocket Union. <laughs> Just, they should unionize. Damn right. Equal pay for all Team Rocket members, regardless of if they're man, woman, or cats. From each according to their ability. Yeah, that's an interesting take on the episode. What I got from it is that it just kept screaming that it's the Digimon episode at me. It was a little bit that, too. It was so Digimon-y. <laughs> like, very early Digimon Adventure episodes, that sort of vibe. Yeah, we just needed some, some payphones to say we're- also, this entire episode only happens because cell phones do not exist. What? When they, when they get separated, they could just call each other. It only works because they don't have phones. We have a talking encyclopedia of every Pokemon, but we don't have a phone. But, uh, but the, it's a forest. Every tree looks the same. Would they navigate even with the phones? I mean, especially today, they'd just be like, hold on, let me pull out Google. Add it on the map or something. Yeah, exactly. It just wouldn't be that hard. Plus, you know, really, if they can get to the edge of, of the forest on any side, they could just walk around it. <laughs> also, that bridge, that bridge is really not OSHA compliant. <laughs> What's OSHA? Uh, oh, right, that's an American thing. It's the, the people who determine workplace safety rules. <laughs> workplace safety rules. Yeah, come on, that bridge was- Pikachu! It, it was pretty rubbish. And all they did was they put a sign with a red X next to it. By Pokemon standards, it's just a standard rope bridge. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, yes, this was a surprisingly good episode of Pokemon for, you know, filler. It's definitely filler. Nothing that important happens. Like, the only thing that you might try and argue qualifies it is Togepi uses Metronome and causes an earthquake, which is awesome and I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. And Missy's just like, oh wow, you must have done that. Cool. How did that happen? Because <laughs> it, it wasn't my psychic duck. Togepi is such a deus ex machina if they want to use it. Definitely. Togepi can literally do whatever the plot requires. I loved that whole fight, though, just it kept coming back to Togepi, and I was very confused, just thinking, like, why is Victory Bell attacking Togepi? Why is Victory Bell? <laughs> Victory Bell's great. Don't diss Victory Bell. Victory Bell is because 
James needs to be eaten. Sometimes men have needs. Anyway, I'm going to stop now. Yes, yeah, I am. I am definitely past the point of being uncomfortable. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I, I didn't imply anything. Anyway, yeah, there's not actually that much to this episode, but it was fun, and and we we mixed up the groups because Misty ends up getting stuck with uh, James and Meowth, and Meowth goes power mad like you do, and then Jesse ends up with Ash and Brock and gets treated to, you know, food for a change. Actual food. And it's amazing. And I don't know how Ash and Co. funds this or where they get the food from. I'm telling you, they're they're extremely bougie. What does bougie mean? Uh, bourgeois. They're, they're rich kids who clearly don't have to care about anything because they've been wandering around for years without ever working. They're like those jackass kids who take a year off instead of going to college and just backpack around Europe, except with more dogfighting. Brock struggled to feed his, like, seven siblings. Yeah, and he stopped caring about them a long time ago. It's because his dad emerged after years of being absent and just went, I'll do it now. And Brock was like, cool, we just met, basically, but you can look after all my siblings now. I am completely done with this family, bye. Hello, almost total stranger. Go care for my family now, please. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think the reason this episode shines is that its filler Pokemon basically plays no part. Ursaring is entirely pointless. Yeah. His only reason for being there is to cause the characters to interact and actually talk to each other. And it works really well because you the characters do things. <laughs> I know, it was good. They talk to each other. There is like almost real character development. It's amazing. There's, there's team dynamics and everything in there. And it's just like, Pokemon, why don't you do more of this? I don't think they're allowed to do this more than about, you know, once. I think Pokemon's fall into the trap of just going, Pokemon's all about the Pokemon. And that gets real boring because it just, every episode's the same because it's just, here's a new Pokemon, here's a new Pokemon, here's a new Pokemon, gym battle. Or if, I, if it was realistic, I'd say, here's a new Pokemon 18 times and then gym battle. But this one works really well because it actually has like Ash and Brock interact with Jesse. Jesse learns more about Ash and Co. and get Jesse's outlook on things. And then the other way around as well. You get to see Misty's personality actually shine for once, where she's a bit of a bossy boots and actually quite intelligent compared to Team Rocket. Yeah, they definitely point out that she's just more competent Jesse. Yeah, basically. And Brock's a better cook than Jesse as well. And I think everyone's just better than Jesse. A little bit. I'm not saying they'd be way better off if they actually put Meowth in charge, but they'd be way better off if they put Meowth in charge. Meowth didn't do that great a job. He was only in charge because no matter what he plays in Rock Paper Scissors, he wins apparently. Well, he's literally only capable of playing paper. I checked, like, Misty and James play scissors, Meowth wins with his paw up. Misty okay. and James play rock, Meowth wins with his paw up. <laughs> Misty and James play paper, Meowth wins with his paw up. Rock, paper, scissors, Meowth. Meowth just always wins because it looks like all three at the same time, so he just always says that he wins. <laughs> Meowth is a superposition of rock, paper, and scissors. Whatever it is, Meowth wins, and it's a, a dumb joke but it's really funny. Uh, but it's just a, it's a team swap episodes. Team swap episodes are good. Yeah, they they were pretty good. Because you get a truce between the characters and they have this conflict between them because they're like, we have to work together, but we're on opposite sides and I want to steal your Pokemon. Give me your Pikachu. And that makes for a fun episode. And also it was a lot like Digimon, so that's why I liked it. It's just, when it looks at the characters, it's a lot more like Digimon. Like in particular, just like the Dragon Eye Lake episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the music just, for some reason, just makes me think, 
is this actually from Digimon? I went back and double-checked the first episode to make sure it wasn't the same music track. It wasn't, but it sounded so similar to me. Honestly, we just needed Brock to go off on his own and play a harmonica. Just, just something like that. Just every character was Matt. A little bit. In the cave with the fire. Yeah. Napping. And brooding. Photoshop a Matt's face onto every character. That's what it felt like. It was just every character was Matt because they're all just obnoxious towards each other. You're not wrong. And just reminiscing about the past. It's just like, what? Why are they all Matt's? Okay, so I, I'm not sure I have anything else to say about this episode, except that Ursuing kind of sucks. What, as a design? Yeah, I'm not that big on the design, and then also just completely pointless. I mean, they're pretty badass, though, because they apparently breed a mate by just hyperbeaming into the sky. <laughs> hey, sometimes it be that way. I have gotten so many dates by shooting laser beams into the sky. I mean, it would be quite impressive to see. In retrospect, some of them may have been airline pilots that I blinded. Oh no. Why? That was a bad joke. You're welcome. This whole episode only happens because the Ursa Rings just decide, we're gonna blow up Team Rocket's balloon for literally no reason. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see the alternate timeline episode where they actually get away with all of the Pokemon and go on to become like rich and famous Team Rocket members. That would actually be kind of great, although even better would be they manage to steal all the Pokemon and they get a paycheck. Yeah, they just get a paycheck and then that's it. The series carries on with focusing on Team Rocket as they follow a new set of characters that aren't Ash and Co. God, that would actually be a really good way if they to transition away from Ash. What, you, you thought he was the main character? Oh, that'd be such a huge twist. Oh, I'd love that. God, I want that to just be its own spin-off show. It'll never happen. They're not going to let Ash go at this point. God, no. Which is too bad. Oh, well. Anyway. That is pretty much everything. A fun episode that almost did not include Pokemon. <laughs> almost. Meowth played a, a vital role. That's true. But yeah, it was still filler. And there wasn't anything that important. But it was just fun. And it involved the characters interacting with each other. In a level above just making dumb jokes and talking about the new Pokemon. High quality filler by Pokemon standards for sure. I just love episodes with like actual focus on Team Rocket and to an extent a little bit on Ash and Co. I'll tolerate a bit of Ash and Co if it means we get Team Rocket in there as well. Yeah, definitely. I definitely enjoyed this one a lot. Let's move on to Draymond Power. The dub opens with like a really, really good random joke. We interrupt this Power Rangers Arbor Day special to bring you a special announcement, and I'm just that's, like, really good, and I kind of want to see the Power Rangers Arbor Day special now. What's Arbor Day? Uh, it's an American holiday where you're supposed to go plant trees. So it'd it just be Power Rangers planting trees? Yeah, and probably getting attacked by Rita, who hates trees, because reasons. It would have just a really cheesy line, like, Today we're all the Green Ranger. Oh god, you're not wrong at all, right? Like, this would actually be pretty fun to watch. Yes, yeah, everyone going out in Green Ranger costumes, planting trees to save the world. Ah, oh, I would love to see a TV special like that. Anyway, we can't do that because instead we got attacked by monsters, which the Power Rangers could really have helped with. Do you know what's happening, Quinn? What's that? The Digivolution is up and coming. <laughs> Did, you Did you see? Did you hear? Did you know no, it, was it was coming? coming. Okay. Oh, Digi Destiny starts today. Let me hear you say. No. The, the wrong answer. <laughs> Sorry, Pokemon. Close enough. <laughs> Digimon's just a rip-off anyway. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this is... We're gonna split our episode between most of the kids getting a bunch of exposition, and then also Davis and Ken being bros, and definitely not gay. Definitely not gay. No homo. 
Yeah, he's called Vmon because Davis has his V card. <laughs> wow, you're not wrong. Although he did evolve to X Vmon. Oh no, the theory's been ruined. I- I'm sorry. Davis is a Chad. Oh please no! Don't call him a Chad. I don't want that. So yes, the Dark Towers have appeared, and there are monsters everywhere, including the hero on a conspicuously placed news report. The area where Ken lives. I can't remember what the name of that is. I forgot what it's called. Like, I appreciate that they did not do the original adventure thing of just trying to pretend this is America. Yeah, they actually use the Japanese names, which is why I cannot remember them, and my brain just thinks that every Japanese word is Oikawa. <laughs> he has to go to Oikawa. Yeah, I have to go to Oikawa to save Ken Oikawa. <laughs> no, literally, while I was watching the episode, I was like, I can't remember that villain's name. <laughs> is it Oikawa or Odaiba? <laughs> Odaiba's the place... Oh, Ikawa's belly in this episode, and he looks evil in a few shots. Oh, I, I forgot he was even in this episode. He just looks menacingly over the events taking place, I think. We do get randomly young Genai. He's been meditating, and it's taken four years off of him or something. Hey, they were very ex- explicit. He took digivitamins. <laughs> oh, yes. That's kind of the setup for this episode, is the kids go talk to Genai, who shows up when Izzy, being amazing, points two computers at each other. Yeah, that makes no sense. Which I guess is just a thing he could always have done, and it, you know they never needed to. Like, have Izzy and Jedi just been? Have they just had an email chain going for a while? I think that's actually canon. Yes, because he's also been in contact with a bunch of the other Digi Destined around the world. By the time of Try, he's just got a forum. I think he set up basically like Facebook for Digi Destined, didn't he? Pretty much, yeah. Slightly less evil. My friends, because I was watching this with a few friends this time, pointed out that young kids. Or ended up on this Digidestin site. How, how do they find it? Does Izzy seek them out? Is that legal? It's legal if they're over 13, but it's still creepy. Izzy should not be talking to these extremely young children. Yeah, there's some very young children in the next few episodes that Izzy's been in contact with over the internet. The little girl from Mexico City is so cute and I love her. She shouldn't be in contact with strangers through the internet. That's very true, yes. So anyway, ignoring the fact that Izzy has made mistakes... Izzy needs to sit down and talk. He summons Jedi. He summons Jedi to give exposition, and Jedi's like, "Yes, that's why I'm here. That's why I've come. Not because I was summoned, <laughs> because I I planned to be here all along." <laughs> yes, I. Uh, we actually coordinated this in advance. But yes, so Izzy brings out the Jedi who likes to tell them about how he has this orb of, by the way, now you can evolve even with dark towers around. I'm sorry. As, as soon as she said, "Bring out the Jedi," I just thought. Search for the Jedi inside yourself. You're, you're not wrong. I lost track of that sentence, and it got away from me. So yes, Digicause. These magical things that you can only have one of for reasons. Except for Azulangmon, who has 13, 12 now. He's got to make the Digivitamins out of something. You're not wrong. I think there are a couple of other Digimon, like Chaosmon, who has two, but yeah, in general you have one, and also this is deep lore that never comes up. It's... Not going to be expanded on, is it, where these Digicores came from or what they're actually for. They're just going to be the magic orb things that make everyone Digivolve again. Indeed. Catmon can become a woman again. Hooray. Furries of the world are actually probably sad. (laughs) So yeah, so that's really all that happens there. Also, we're going to email all of the Digidestined around the world. Except for the kids in Asia. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, Joe gets to make the sandwiches, even though he is definitely quite intelligent as he's studying to try and get into medical school. Right, although he is failing. He's trying real hard. He's a he's a study person. You're not wrong. 
But there, there is a reason he goes off to become a digital world doctor, and I'm pretty sure it's because he fails to get into med school. I think that's covered more in try, like that he's really struggling. But yeah, in this one, he just gets shunned by Izzy. He really does. And then also just no one cares about any of the digidestined in China or elsewhere in Asia. I mean, there's six points on the map that they wanted to go to. It was New York, someplace in Mexico. Mexico City. That makes sense. Paris. Moscow. Sydney. I don't remember the city in China. I think it's Hong Kong. Okay. And I think that's all six. So they've not entirely neglected China. Yeah, yeah. It's just that Izzy did not have anyone email them, so they don't know they're coming. Apparently not. Also, there's this weird arbitrary rule where they can't navigate the world with the, the digiports because you can only have one open in a part of the world, so this would take months or something. It didn't make much sense. It was just a reason why we need to have Imperial Tronon. Yeah, so we can be the taxi of the sky. That is his main job. I mean, it does remind me a lot of the episode in series one where they get War Graham on at last, and Metal Graham on at last, and then they use them to just, like, you know, get a lift. So cutting over to the other half of the episode, Davis needs to go rescue his boyfriend. Totally not boyfriend. Just friend that's a boy. Ken. I'm just saying, he's the only one who actually cares enough about Ken to go help. I do appreciate Ty just being like, no, we have more important things to do. Davis is like, but it's Ken, I have to save him. Okay, I get it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Ty is just like, yep, cool, okay. I've done this with Matt, you're not well. Okay, fan cannon. Fanon? Fan cannon. <laughs> yes, it's a famine. It's a famine. Ty only pretended to actually not want Davis to leave. <laughs> he just wanted actually any excuse to get rid of Davis. See, I think Ty's the only person in the group who actually likes Davis. Which means, if my fan theory is right, then really no one at all likes Davis. You're not wrong. And is that not better for everyone? So anyway, moving into our other half of the episode, when Davis shows up, they jogress, and when the beam of light from the Digicore thingy goes off, they are already Pael Draman, and then they become Imperial Draman, because reasons. None of the others get this power, even though it doesn't actually make a lot of sense they don't. We we just need to have our, our two good boys be the, the the most powerful. The Imperial Draman. And they get another form later as well, because let's just hog all the Mega Digivolutions. Then that form, I think, gets another form. There's like four forms of Imperial Draman. It goes like Imperial Draman, Imperial Draman, Fighter Mode, Imperial Draman, Paladin Mode. And then there's probably another one. Try made Miracles or something? But... Zero two kids weren't in that. That's true. So I don't think there was. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't remember. Try was bad. And you can listen to our series on it right now if you really want to hear about how bad it was. You definitely can. You can even hear it as in one long episode. The best bit of content I've, we've ever made. Anyway, back on this one. Shout out to uh, Yoli's winter outfit again. I, I did not see it without the peacoat last time, and it's actually really good. It's definitely better than Izzy's really terrible shirt. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Look, it's just straight lines in orange, and then also the sleeves are grey for some reason. Izzy's wearing it, so it's automatically good. He has not yet made his fashion-choosing algorithm that wants to dress him up like Johnny Depp. Specifically in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. He's been too busy emailing young Jedi and children of the world. <laughs> so he's really, really just doing the, the Johnny Depp. Mm. Anyway, so that's pretty much the episode. There, There's a fight, and it's really not that important, and then also we've got Jedi talking. Yeah, basically Pyeldramon just gets bodied by Triceramon and Mummymon, who's fighting for Arukanimon's affection, even though she's clearly not interested because she never says anything. 
in response. You're not wrong. He got friend-zoned a long time ago and does not realize it. Yeah. It's not even friend-zoned, it's colleague-zoned. It's I-tolerate-your-presence-zone. Yeah, because we were both made by the same dude and we have to do the evil things together. And you have a massive sniper rifle, which does come in handy. They killed a lot of people in this episode. There was a lot of buildings torn down and destroyed. And then Imperial Draman really could just solve most of the upcoming arc because he just goes around Japan in, in less than half an hour, destroys all the Dark Towers. No, he doesn't even go around. He just makes like one sniper shot. That's not, that's true, that's true. At all of them, at the same time. With 360 no-scope. With his psychic powers, so he knows exactly where they are. Be that way sometimes. Does he just have an awareness of everything on the planet at the same time? They did say he is stronger than any other Digimon. But Triceramon has the hardest shell of any Digimon ever. But he's stronger. But how? He's stronger than himself in fighter mode. How can he be the strongest? <laughs> he's just a big dargon. Yeah, he's basically just a giant dog with wings. He's also really menacing to look at, considering he's supposed to be the mega of the series. He looks evil. Something about the sharp teeth and the yellow eyes, just evil. But he's also a good boy. Yeah. But the voice is also bad coming out of him, because it does not fit his size. Yeah, I, I do not like the new voice. Anyway. We have gone on about this episode a lot. Yeah, we were excited about both of these episodes. There was one of the line earlier about, I think Mummymon says nothing works or something. He tries to shoot Imperial Draman and he's just like, nothing's working. This is not my day. Nothing works. And then I was just like, it me. Big mood. So yeah, this episode wasn't filler. Because of Imperial Draman. And some exposition that doesn't really matter. And we're setting up for the... The world tour arc. I'm actually really looking forward to watching this. Yeah. I am tempted to say we should do it as a special episode. Just do all three at once, but... That's what I'm considering, but it'd be like... If we did Digimon World Tour all in one, we should also, on the other side, do the next three Pokemon all in one. You're not wrong. Just to make it fair. Uh, and then just, I don't know, make it, like, worth three points or something. I will leave it up to you because it's your po podcast. But yeah, my overall thoughts and my notes literally just says, that was an episode. It was indeed an episode. Uh, the feedback that my friends gave that the dialogue's incredibly cheesy, but appropriate for the target audience. Not wrong, not wrong. And that the animation is very, very bad. It really is. And there's so much stock footage, and you can just, like my friend said, that you could see where they've cut corners. It's a lot of just flatline mouths. One guy talks, everyone else is just stood there. Also, Jedi's really full of himself. He really is. And he's like five times the height of Cody. Well, that's how you know he's an adult. Are you at least 2.5 Cody's tall? You must be an adult. Pay us some taxes. Now it's time for Monoway Mono, where we attempt to compare these episodes by arguing over trivial things. So first of all, who was your monster of the week? Meowth, I guess. Meowth was cool. Meowth was good. He actually got a bit more time than usual, because it wasn't random Pokemon of the week. Exactly. Otherwise, the, the obvious answer is Imperial Draman, but Imperial Draman was not that impressive. I, I would not give it to Imperial Draman. It's just Magnemon all over again. Just we have the next level up now for reasons. Most of the episode wasn't even dedicated to them getting the Megazid Evolution. Well, it was an accident. They just did not expect it to happen, but also... The rest of the series would not work if they didn't. Yeah, it just was not earned at all. Ken and Davis have no idea why it happens. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, also, 
TK is psychic because he just sees like a laser on the sky and goes, that's Imperial Jamon's positron laser. Yeah. How does he know that? That's a fair point. People just seem to know things. Yeah, it'd be that way sometimes. Anyway, I've let my friend pick Monster of the Week this time, and it was Nightmon for that brief moment where he popped up. Okay, Nightmon is a good one. Because his design's cool. His name is lackluster, but he looks cool. He's just a big knight. He need horsey. Which protagonist was worse, Ash or Davis? I'm gonna go with Ash. Okay, what's your justification? He was just really whiny and didn't do much, and his idea of searching for Misty was to make food. (laughs) Uh, It was going dark. They needed shelter. Yeah, I'm just saying, don't justify this. But I I thought Davis was worse. I mean, Davis was kind of boring, but, like, he went off to go save his not-boyfriend. Yeah, but then his mega digivolution was just handed to him for no reason, and now I resent him for it. That's fair, but that's not actually his fault. And his mega digivolution isn't even just his, he has to share it with Ken, which is lame. It's not even that good a digivolution. No, we have to upgrade it in, like, two episodes. Is it that soon? It might be right after the World Tour arc. Can you call it an arc if it's three episodes? Eh, it's closer than most of Digimon gets. I always refer to it as more of a special, just because, like, it would always be rerun as, like, three episodes back-to-back, whenever I watched it. Back in Maridai, when Digimon was still on the telly, like... It was definitely made to be a straight-to-VHS. Yeah, something like that. I mean, like, Davis is generally worse, but, I don't know, Ash was just really whiny, and it annoyed me. I I don't know what he whined about. I liked Ash's episode, he was decent. He spoke to Pikachu and consoled Pikachu when Pikachu was worried. I guess... Alright, we give it to Daisuke. Davis, okay. Whatever. <laughs> I refuse to improve. I'm not even going to do it consistently. <laughs> Just like sometimes you'll correct yourself, sometimes you won't. Exactly. Okay, who was your favourite human? Favourite human? Why don't you go first this time, because I'm still thinking. My favourite was Izzy's mum, because she just turns up with a lunchbox for him. <laughs> it's so cute. She gave them a lunchbox full of donuts. I know, she's so good. She's so pure. For some reason she called them ice balls, but we know what they are. Look at those amazing jelly donuts. Anyway, yes, she she is good. She's like, yeah, you have a thing to go do, so I made you lunch. And it's it's precious. She's so good. Ah, such a good mum. Also, worst human, maybe Yo Lee for hitting on Genai. That was bad. Not okay. That was so bad. Just like, he's only just turned up. You've never met this man. He came out of the computers. And even now, he looks twice your age. And he's almost twice your height. Well, I mean, that I can get on board with. I mean, he's almost twice everyone's height put together. <laughs> he's so tall. Tim tall. I love it. He's, he's significantly taller than he was last season. Well, yeah, because he was an old man back then. But now he is much younger. For reasons. Reasons that even with Try, we still don't know. You've still not picked a favorite human. Oh, uh, I agreed with you on Izzy's mom, but I might go ahead and give it to Jesse as my second choice. I really liked her and her realization that this life sucks and then doing the extremely millennial thing of then changing nothing. Yep, just trying to kidnap Pikachu anyway. Hey, sometimes you just gotta. Gotta take those chances. You know how much cooler this series would be if they just decided to form a group with all six of them? Ooh, but there wouldn't be conflict between them. Yeah, I know. They could form their own crime crime syndicate. Ash and Co. would never go along with it. Yeah, he's a wet blanket. I mean, Co. would probably go along with it, because they go along with anything, but Ash wouldn't. God, Jesse should really recruit Misty. She'd be like, you can have first dibs on all the water Pokemon. (laughs) Probably work, to be honest. 
No, she cares too much about the Pokemon. She wouldn't want to steal them. What if they only robbed- Pikachu! Just searching for- Pikachu! To steal the Pokeballs. Tell me it wouldn't work. No. Okay. No. <laughs> We're Team Rocket and we hunt down- Pikachu! <laughs> anyway, best storyline I think goes to Digimon because it actually had a storyline. Um, I prefer Pokemon. Well, I will give Pokemon the best episode, but it was barely a story. It's just- some things that kind of happened. I don't know if storyline's really a good word for... Well, I don't know. I'm not the one who decided to break these into two separate things. Yeah, that's true. General plot structure of the episode thing. I found Pokemon much more interesting. That is definitely true. The storyline led to so many fun interactions between characters that don't usually talk to each other, such as Ash and Brock. Which is weird, considering they're even on the same team, but they never talk to each other. I know. That's the joke I was making. But you're not wrong, though. They pretty much don't ever talk except to tell each other about the new Pokemon. So Brock can go, look, it's an Ursa Ring. And I should go, wow, what does Dexter say about the Ursa Ring? I don't know how I feel about us personifying the Pokedex now. It's been Dexter for a while. I don't know why. I'm not on board with that. Like, in the very first episode, the Pokedex was used as a device for comedy because it would say facts that ridiculed Ash. Since then, it has just been a tool to check things. And it's a bit boring. Okay, should we just give a point to someone? I gotta give the point to Pokemon. I am fully on board with that. Yes, the score's 2019 to Digimon. It's still close. It's pretty close. I, I thought Digimon would maybe break a lead because I generally like Digimon better, but uh, it's definitely a good Pokemon. There's two ways this can go now. Either Digimon World Tour will be better than Pokemon, and it'll gain like three points, or it'll be worse, and Pokemon will get the lead back. Next time we'll be discussing some episodes, probably the Psychic Sidekicks and Digimon World Tour Part 1. If you want to talk about today's episodes, you can reach us on Twitter, via email and in the Moncast Discord, and you can support the show via Patreon to gain access to the Moncast Uncut. And we really want to do a special on Digimon the movie, so help us get to that milestone, please. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to those specials. It'd be fun. You should you should give money to Stevie. Do it. It helps a lot. Of course, big thank you to Quinn for joining me and suffering through these episodes. Where can the people find you? By the time this episode comes out, my Twitter app will be back to my usual of at RealYubico. All the links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, bye-bye. Bye. I'm not singing, turn around. <laughs>